1: Take a moment to connect with your mates. A simple text or an open conversation can make a world of difference. And if they don't respond right away, don't hesitate to follow up. Let's all take a moment to talk more than football.
2: This week, the Clarets are away at West Brom looking to secure their first points of this season. And we also wait with bated breath to see what the extended transfer window brought for the Clarets. This is the Known and Never podcast. Hello and welcome to another edition of the Nona Never podcast and this week we have something a little bit different for you. Whenever we're recording the podcast we obviously get everybody on the call and we often sit and talk about what we're going to discuss and we see how everybody's doing, what everybody's been up to and it very quickly descends into quite an animated chat about oh my god did you see that miss that, uh, that Tarki did or did you see that save that Pope that pulled out and we get some of our best material from just sitting around the whole team and chatting about everything that's going on. So we wondered how that would translate to an actual podcast. Left that with us, we therefore asked Robert and George to sit down, grab a cup of tea and just have a chat. This is the result.
3: Hi, George, you all right? All right, Go Robbie,
2: on. can you hear me all right?
3: Yeah. Yeah, loud and clear. Actually, loud and clear. Oh,
4: perfect. Well, if before before we get cracking, I've got to say I've got some housemates who've just come back from Bottomless Brunch. So if there's girls screaming oh, nice. outside my door, don't get the wrong idea.
3: I've got that. I've got that plan on Friday. Cannot <laughs> wait.
4: Twenty seven pound it <at> cost. Yeah.
3: <sighs> I'd
4: have to take the out more expensive morning.
3: than uh, more expensive than Premier League uh, pay per view. That.
4: God, how slick are we? <laughs> We started off, and we're 37 seconds in, and we've already got a transition into the next segment. I mean, Natalie, I know that, if you're listening. we're coming been, for
3: your job. Yeah, pin her off, bin oh. her off. Don't need her anymore.
4: Who is Miss Bromley? We don't need Natalie anymore. Mm. It's a coup. <laughs> the political. But coup. we might as well
3: start on. We might as well start properly on the pay-per-view football because I think both of us are pretty angry about it. I know well, I, I mean, I'm literally just assuming I'm not happy with it. Um yeah, it's, purely it's because obviously like it's weird because like I mean my argument sort of I sort of don't have a, a like stand on because I don't pay for Sky and I don't pay for BT. I literally live off my dad's Sky account and BT account. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I I, I I live on my own. I was
4: going to say as though I was paying for it. Yeah, yeah. Yeah,
3: yeah. yeah. So, like, I live on on my own. (laughs) I live on my own. Um, If I had to pay for a Sky subscription, a BT subscription, obviously there's Premier League on Amazon, and now there's this expectation for us to pay £15 for for pay-per-view football, I literally could not afford to do it and I I still, even though I don't pay for Sky and BT, I still cannot afford to pay out 15 quid because I live on my own. I think if you sort of like, if there's like four of you in a household, you could sort of all chip in and it's sort of like worth it. But obviously with COVID restrictions and stuff like that, you're not even allowed to invite your mates around to even do that. So it's stupid.
4: Yeah, it's a good point there as well. Like, if I was imagine me, I, I have had trouble enough getting my housemates to allow me to put the Burnley game on. Never mind asking mm. these non-partisan football fans to pay fifteen pounds for West Brom versus Burnley on a Monday night. Yeah, <laughs> I
3: ridiculous.
4: mean, I mean, and at the same time, you've got you've most loyal, the most loyal football fans, you know, who live in the area, are paying for season tickets at the same time. And it's all well and good, yeah. you know. Well, you know, clubs have offered refunds, but I, there's no point in me getting a refund because I'm just effectively paying for next season's season ticket now. So I've just continued my payments.
3: So, yeah, I don't know what my season ticket situation is because I usually get my dad sorted out, but he never sorted it out. So <laughs> I sort of don't know what my situation is. Like, I'll be lost our seats completely. Do I lose all my loyalty points?
4: Effectively, I actually
3: haven't got a sc- I, yeah. I haven't got a Scooby Doo. What's going to be going on? <laughs>
4: I've got to stand up for the club here because I, I thought it was done fairly well. I mean, they've obviously if you haven't yeah, so found I. out like effectively I think you can you can either continue paying, which I'm doing, and what it is is I'm paying for next season's ticket, basically. And then if if eventually at some point fans come back into grounds, then there's you know there's gonna be a ballot system to try and get you to a game or two. Yeah. But it's on top yeah. of that. So I'm paying for my season ticket, which I'm not getting, I'm not sitting in the ground, and yet I'm expected to pay £15. For yeah, for the game. And to be honest, I, I thought it was made worse for Burnley fans. I I didn't like what Neil Hart. I don't know if you've seen the interview from last week, but he was yeah. like, "Oh, if yeah. he says fans can not pay if they want to." But I'm I'm a loyal Burnley fan, and for myself, I'd be paying for it. It just didn't strike the right chord me.
3: Yeah, it was like it's, it's it's like he tried to like manipulate us into feeling guilty for not wanting to pay. It was weird. Yeah, I totally yeah. agree. I think. I think Neil Hart gets a lot. I think he got a lot of unfair stick because he did sit in. If uh, I recommend that you do, everyone who lists this does actually watch that interview because it is actually quite insightful.
4: Yeah, I thought um, it was. He does.
3: He, he does. Yeah, he does say some things which are actually. He says a lot of the right things, but when it comes to that sort of stuff, and obviously he mentioned the transfer market, that didn't land well with me either. There were a couple of things where I'm just sort of like, "Oh, why have you said that? What are you doing?"
4: And you just digging like, a all for you. You're not yeah,
3: yeah, you're not helping your reputation. It, it was like, like
4: especially, class, especially
3: for someone who was like he worked with Burnley in the community and stuff like that, and did some really good stuff. And I expected him to come out with a bit more dignity than he's... Like, I'm sort of not happy with the way he handled that situation now.
4: Yeah, he could have shown a lot more sympathy, and he was he did dig a hole for himself on the transfer stuff as well. With um, like, he, he, I remember a, a few months ago when he first got the promotion to that role, he said, you know, corona's affected us, but watch this space in the summer transfer window. He didn't need to say that. And look how that's Mm -hmm. backfired. So now he's said again, I expect January and next summer to be busy. But, mate, you you know, keep digging.
3: Yeah. (laughs) I'd just like to think that when he said those things back then, an awful lot has changed. We've obviously, Mike Garlick's looking to sell the club. We've got the pending takeover. Yeah. Probably none of this was... That apparent, like back then when he said it, so and but yeah, the, it has come back the to deal the, was,
4: the China deals fallen through, or whatever it was that you know, yeah, of the, course, yeah, the deal, which has affected them. Yeah, but yeah, the fifteen pound for me, it's just, it just seems like it's a figure plucked out of thin air. There's been no, there's been no substantive substantive evidence of saying them saying, look, this is why it's fifteen pound. These are the reasons. It just, it's just like a, just a maker for them. Well,
3: this is. Yeah, I mean, I think there's. I'm pretty sure. And I hope someone corrects me if I'm wrong. Um, Nell TV, isn't that like fifteen quid for like a month?
4: And you get games on there.
3: Yeah. And you get like let's. Yeah, I, I don't think it's a month. It might be like thirty quid for a month, but still, my point is valid. Like you get like what how many games a month? You're probably going to get what free televised games every weekend. Plus all the games in between, like the EFL during midweek, It just like, it's thirty money. quid for a month. Yeah, it doesn't. And now you're expected to pay 15, 15 yeah. quid for West Brom versus Burnley, who probably registered like ten shots between them in the entire game. <laughs> so you're not even getting like your money's worth in terms of goal attempts. No, I, it's just I, stupid.
4: Do you, Do you think more than ten non Burnley or West Brom fans paid for that game? Because I don't think there's a chance. No. Of
3: that. There's no chance. Is there any, like, I hope that, I hope, I'm sure that it'll, like, come up on Twitter or something like that.
4: I saw a but bit. But I hope uh, there's, like,
3: yeah. a, 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 a stat. Yeah. I, I'm hoping that you're going to prov- provide me with a stat for how many people actually, like, bought this. The uh fifteen pound. Don't tell Natalie, but I streamed it illegally.
4: <laughs> yeah, we, we need to make sure this is not this is not linked to Napoli Bromley in the slightest. Uh, we, we've never heard <laughs> of that woman, but uh, there's yeah. actually use. Um, they aren't fifteen pound. Let's just say.
3: <laughs> yeah.
4: It's just I. I yeah, the, go on, on Twitter. Twitter. It was it was really good how there was a backlash to it. Um, I know Clarets Trust, they've been involved with getting the word out to so the hashtag boycott pay per view and you know, in paying mm-hmm. food banks instead, just contributing there. Because not only does it do a good deed, but it also just it's sort of like a middle finger to the Premier League and the broadcasters in saying, Well, we're not gonna pay for your stupid fifteen pounds, we're gonna invest it in areas where people are actually hurting yeah. in the community. They don't they don't have yeah, that I think... to spend on every single game.
3: Yeah, I think um I think it was Newcastle United and something similar. I think they yes, like, raised, raised 20 grand.
4: Yeah, they've raised They're 20 grand? grand. Yeah, 20,000, I heard, yeah.
3: Yeah, so that's impressive. I don't know what the burn the figure was, but I hope it was something close to that. I, I'm sure it,
4: I, I definitely read it was in the thousands. It's it just, it, I, I understand they have to, it has to be charged realistically. Well, it, it doesn't, I mean, they showed all of Project Restart, so. But yeah, I think they really lost money on that um, quite a
3: lot. But- the best comparison oh. I can make is, um, did you know uh, the Carabao Cup ties against Millwall and City? Yes. Did you stream them off the Carabao Cup website?
4: I didn't because it was ten pound and it was Burnley in cup football, so I didn't have any intentions on watching.
3: <laughs> okay, well, I, I, I paid ten pounds for both ties. Yes, because I I I thought ten pound is, it is expensive, but. I could justify it. I just feel like fifteen quid is just taking a Mick.
4: Yeah, well, fifteen pounds um, effectively is—it's half the price of say, well, probably actually for Burnley, it's more than half the price of going to paying for an actual game. And you—you don't—you're not, you're not getting half the experience. It's all meeting with people before the game. You know, the the people you see yeah. at the away games, all all that. It's not—you're not getting half of that value at all by just watching a game through the telly. That's why ten pounds. Yeah, it's a bit more acceptable.
3: Yeah, I think I someone uh, tweeted me about this the other day. Um, he was sort of, I was kicking off about pay per view football, and the I'm not going I'm not going to say his name, but he just the reply to the tweet was Robbie, roll back twelve months. How would you have watched the match away at West Brom? You couldn't unless you unless you got a ticket and travelled away, which would have cost sixty poundish. So, are you any worse off? that's just completely missing the point entirely. Yeah. Like, like all the games were free to watch for six months before all this.
4: It's like... a different world, isn't it? Once you've, And once you've been treated to that, and the Premier League, fair yeah. play to them at that point, Project Restart was brilliant. They understood it's horrible without fans, but we're going to put on this platform. And yeah, it wasn't perfect because they couldn't preview every game or what have you, but at least you had coverage of it. So, it's okay yeah. going to a paid format now, but to have such a swing in the opposite direction to £15, I mean, I'm not surprised there's been such a backlash for me.
3: Mm. Is that just, I don't was the price set by the broadcasters? Because it's pretty much the same price for if you're buying a, a boxing pay-per-view or a WWE pay-per-view. That's like 15 quid as well, isn't it?
4: Yeah, I think it was set by the broadcasters. That's what I've read, yeah. yeah.
3: So, so they might just have a, like a set price and stuff.
4: Yeah, but you'd have thought. With but a, also, the we they'd have been able to negotiate that if they had the will.
3: Yeah, to was, because I think like things like WWE and stuff, you've got like five, four or five hours of coverage if it's like something like WrestleMania.
4: Yeah, and that's like a four um, four times in a year sort of. It's meant to be a special. Yeah, game. exactly. It's not. It's not. There's yeah as, games every weekend.
3: <laughs> yeah, it's like if you pay fifteen pound for a boxing match that fight could be over within five seconds if it only lasts one punch. Yeah. And it's <laughs> and he's sort of like, oh, we've got 90 minutes of watching Burnley and West Brom hoofed up in the air. And yeah, that one punch was probably more
4: <laughs> than the first goalless draw of the Premier League season.
3: <laughs> oh, typical Burnley to be involved in that, wasn't yeah, it?
4: That looked at my housemate. I knew. Chelsea fan, he was like typical Burnley, obviously, had to have the first goal. Yeah, before. it was just written in the stars. Yeah, it,
3: it, it, it's, and the fact is, against West Brom as well, we couldn't just do it against like Spurs next week. <laughs> like, if we drew like 0 0 with Spurs, we'd be bloody buzzing. I can't <laughs>
4: point out, we've just spoon lined into the game absolutely perfectly. We're, we're yeah, so go on. To, I think it's been a new show, this. It's the No Name Ever Pool and Copac show.
3: It's his dream team, isn't it?
4: <laughs> this is probably the first podcast we've done together. Or did we do one last week?
3: No, we did one last week. But this is. We n- I've, obviously, we've chatted quite a lot on Twitter. We've t- uh, <laughs> chatted quite. <laughs> beep uh, we've chatted quite a lot in the WhatsApp group um, note to Matt Twelve. But I don't think we've really ahead. properly sport together obviously this is going very well Natalie's going to love this once uh, Matt's put this all back together I hope he doesn't edit this out <laughs> but I think on the game on the West Brom game the full time we went and I was like you know what I thought it was a, a fair and decent result against a team who were probably going to be relegation rivals with us We've had a bit of a rough start to the season. It's our first point. I thought I, Before the game, I thought it was important that we got something. I thought we need that first point on the board. We got that. We got a clean sheet. We looked a little bit more like ourselves. We weren't brilliant, but we weren't bad either. I thought Nil-Nil was pretty fair. And I was sort of pleased with that in the end. But I think when we chatted about it in the WhatsApp group, you were a bit you I, had I a different it, view. It? <laughs> yeah, is, it's usually the other way around. Yeah. But I, I'm quite positive.
4: I, I've, I've got a Jekyll and Hyde on this situation. On the one hand, a draw away at West Brom, It just say it's middle way through the season. It's not a bad result, to be fair, that getting a point away at a, a relegation mm. rival, you know, you, you move on, you take the three points in a home game next week or what have you. But it's just it's just putting into context how bad a start we've had. Then we've got, is it Tottenham and Chelsea next? And you, I'm just dreading yeah. in my head, I'm thinking we're going to be what 5 games into the season and we're going to have one point and it's already going to be cap it's already going to be chasing up to other teams and teams which are looking a lot more improved on what they were in project restart it's just I'm just dreading it already
3: i just don't have yeah, the, well, for the
4: relegation battle anymore we've got used to not being in it yeah
3: i mean let's just roll back uh what 6 7 months in fact, it's longer than that. Ten minutes, what, nine months? God, this year's going fast. It go is. back to January, and we lost 3-0 at Stamford Bridge. And I think it was like we're at like our third or fourth successive defeat. We right. hadn't won for a while. I can't remember the, the, the stats exactly. And then our next games were Leicester at home, United away. And it was like, Leicester were flying. Yeah, I remember. United that. were on a good run, I think, at the time. It's sort of like, oh, here we go. It's number two defeats. We're in a Proper looking over our shoulders, and then we managed to get six points. Went to Old Trafford, kept a clean sheet, and we went on an unbelievable run. Yeah. Since then, so I'm I'm not panicking. I think Spurs are gonna be a tough game, but I'd, as long as I'm I I'd, I'd never expect us to get a result against anyone in particular. As long as we show that Burnley way, like I don't. Obviously, we we were poor at Newcastle. We didn't really look ourselves against Southampton. But against West Brom, I thought we'd look more like the Burnley-Sean the, the, the Dyches side, which we've, we're well used to in the last eight years.
4: Yeah. So this, as long this,
3: as we'd this, like do do yeah. the Dyches basics against Spurs, I'm quite confident we can get something.
4: Well, this this is the thing. The thing I've noticed over the past, ever since we had that, obviously, 23 unbeaten run, we're a real team of yeah. peaks and troughs. We, we won't say a win for eight games, but then we'll go on a... Like last season, we went on a eight-game unbeaten run. The season before, we did the same. Um, you know, we just go on runs. So, it, it might not look so good at the moment. But, yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if we did put a run of form together. And it was good last night. We've, uh, I know, Natalie, we, we've been talking about this in the group, haven't we, that this season, the thing that's going to kill us is everyone scoring ridiculously amounts of goals. But
3: the first 0-0 mm.
4: of the season, it proves it's possible. We, we, you know, we're yeah. in there. We, we, it's not all going to be 4-3 every weekend. Ideally,
3: yeah, and obviously we got Chelsea coming up, and Chelsea see goals for fun. Like West Brom even scored three against Chelsea. Yeah, <laughs> and they, I know. I, I, I I know and they didn't even have like a recognised strike. Really, I think a couple. I think a defender scored two. Yeah, I think it so. It's sort of like yeah, I remember it. Yeah, so it's sort of like Chris. Chris would have scored five against them then.
4: <laughs> Honestly, I, Chelsea are a topsy turvy team, aren't they? God. I said to my I said to my housemate, he was mourning about Westbourne Burnley being 0-0 at half time the other day. Well he's a Chelsea fan, but I said to him, Well, at least we're not 3 0 down at half time. Like some.
3: Yeah, Chelsea are a bit weird, I think. Um, I've not watched a lot of a lot of Chelsea games to be honest, but whenever I seem to watch keep an eye on Chelsea, they seem to lose all the time, yet yeah, still they somehow got into the Champions League. <laughs> yeah, it's really weird.
4: I tell you what, though, in the, in the second half against West Brom, we we could have won that game as well. It's not just that we played more like more like we expect us to, but Chris Wood first had an absolute sitter with a header. I mean, he probably did really well to, to get into that position and what have you, and used a lot of skill to position himself. But he should have absolutely buried that header. Yeah. Exact same with the Barnes one as well. But Barnes missed, I mean, to be fair, he, he at least got a good head on it and it was a good save by the keeper. And then it came out to Wood again, who hit the crossbar for a second time. So, yeah, he like offside, he?
3: Woods, yeah, he was offside, wasn't he? Yeah, to be fair. I, I d- Barnes and, and he, was
4: offside, but then Woods was offside, wasn't he?
3: Yeah. I saw a couple of like people criticise Chris Wood like after the game for, oh, ridiculous. you know, obviously, it, the, the first one, It sort of like, he'll be disappointed, I think. If it's more, if it's looping into the corner, if it's looping into the corner, it goes in. It's the fact that it's not going towards the corner that it just hits the crossbar. It just needed to travel that extra yard or so for it to dip under. Yeah. Um, And then the second one, where the goalkeeper, uh, Sam Johnson, denies Ashley Barnes, it just hits Chris Wood. Like, he doesn't even expect it. And he's offside, and typically, you know, typically Wood is offside anyway. (laughs) Yes. But, and. And so like after the game, I was going through like a couple of burn the, burn the forums. There's like was like uh, the the player ratings thing, and like Chris Wood were getting like four slash fives because he didn't hit the target. And it's like, oh, come on! Like we weren't
4: messed with him the whole game except from the two headers. I thought he was really good. Hold up, playing everything, you know, because with Barnes and Wood at the top, we're always playing more of a direct style of play. But you know, he held up the ball well. He ran onto balls that came in behind the defense. He, I thought he played really well. It's just that he did miss that one sitter, but that shouldn't mean everyone just gets on his back. And it's ridiculous the the stick he gets sometimes. I mean, I'm just looking on his yeah. his, his record for Burnley now: 35 goals in mm-hmm. 97 games. You know, it's just it's just better than one in three. Wow. yeah one in three games. Yeah, lot.
3: Yeah, you know what? I'm well, Chris. Will, will, uh, well, I'm one of his biggest fans. i like, I really rate, and just like just what you were saying then. That record is actually un- unbelievable. You can't ask for um, that,
4: can't you? For for a team that's probably going to be in bottom after the Premier League every every season, you're not asking for. And we half. and we
3: and we probably scored the least amount of goals. Yeah. Well, probably not the least amount, but one probably like down there. Oh. Like yeah. I just got to show. it mean, probably it probably does argue it was probably a little bit over reliant on him, which probably a bit of criticism does come Chris Blood's way because it's sort of like. He's our main goal for it. If he misses, he's our record transfer, yeah. and it's sort of like that expectation. oh, you've got to score. Yeah, and if, if, if you he, don't he score, don't you, you a lot crap
4: of last night. If, if he miss, he missed them chances, and therefore we don't win. So it just leads to him open to criticism. But for, I, I, the thing is, he's he's so, he's good enough for us. But he's, he's what is he? He's twenty eight now. He's not going to get a, a move above us. He can hmm. stay, hopefully. I mean, it's all if buts and maybe's. But if he stayed the club for another, you know, three or four years, he could strike quite a legacy playing for us. And it, you know, his goal record and what have you. Uh, he's already heading to be our top Premier League scorer. I think he might already be actually. It be him. Between... Uh,
3: he won the surprise, but who was it? Is it Ashley Barnes?
4: I think it might be. Vote. It might be Barnes. Actually, yeah, I think it's Barnes.
3: I think it is Ashley Barnes. It's Did Barnes get it last year?
4: Barnes Barnes has been with us you know for most years and for the first two wood seasons it was always between him and Barnes over who was top yeah. goal. it was just last season yeah. that Barnes you know was injured half the year but you know he's going to be heading towards there and I I think he was the first he was the first Burnley striker to score 10 plus goals in three consecutive Premier League years you're not going to you're not going to a yeah, season striker for us so that's what yeah. you're going to get <laughs>
3: Yeah, so talks, obviously we talked about people uh, criticising like Chris Wood for missing chances. Can we just say our very own Richard Steele were even slagging him off in the WhatsApp group during the game? Wow. I, like, I, I, I saw I saw those notifications flash up on my phone and I don't think I've ever tutted and <laughs> shook my head in disgrace so much.
4: Well, I'll tell you what, Robbie, you know, the political the, the coup is underway here and seeing as Natalie's out the door... Why not? Richard, let's, show,
3: let's Yeah, let's get rid of Richard as well.
4: We, we'll keep Matt. You know, this is... this is this is Matt
3: for the production
4: elements, realistically, or else we're, we're a duck, you know, with no water without Matt.
3: <laughs> yeah. Should we... Have you got access to the No They Never Twitter account? <laughs> I wish I because, did. Because... <laughs> oh, because I haven't either. Because if we did, we could create a poll, and it's sort of like we could create this... Should, Hi, listeners, should we just keep it as a cop? Coppac and pull party yeah, and get rid of Natalie Richard and we've declared Liam and everyone and else? Ever.
4: Yeah, we'll keep Liam because, he, yeah. because he's involved with Claridge Trust. He can, he can give us... Yes, of course. Matt. But Natalie... And yeah, we Richard,
3: can keep Matt as well.
4: They're the old guard. Exactly. We'll keep Tom, we'll keep Tom.
3: Yeah, it's like our very own little yeah, transfer Dave. window, isn't it? It's get rid of Deadwood.
4: <laughs> yeah, we we need to get rid of Deadwood so we can, you know, make new signings, get, get Dave on the main show a bit more.
3: <laughs> yeah, what we could do, we could we could sign new deals, and then uh, Neil Hart can come out and go, yeah, we had a really good transfer window because we retained our key players.
4: <laughs> yeah, we won't sign anyone. Uh, maybe we'll, we'll give yeah. ourselves a bit of a wage boost, and then we'll say, yeah. oh, what a tr- what a window. Yeah, we've we've a... we
3: we've, we've, we've weakened the squad, but the core of the squad is stronger. Yeah, and and
4: that's it. Brom, Bromley's the Hendrick of the show, isn't she? We'll, we'll just say, look, mm. really wanted to keep her, but. She was just asking for too long a deal, it, it just wasn't viable for the club, so we decided to separate ways.
3: Yeah, and she can go and do the Newcastle podcast.
4: <laughs> Are we looking for American investors as well? I could do a new microphone.
3: Yeah, same actually. I mean, I don't know if you heard in the last 5-10 last minutes, but my flatmate was clashing around. <laughs> he saw me chatting, yet continued to make an absolute racket, so... I heard. Uh, well,
4: uh, I, I, if, I need to keep talking.
3: If, if you if you saw my face when I'm glaring at him, going, <laughs> mate, what are you doing?
4: Yeah, like please,
3: the, I, 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 I would have swore there, but Natalie shouts at me. So,
4: <laughs> yeah, I, I, luckily we've got locks on our doors, so there's no one coming in here. You can chat away all night.
3: <laughs> I think I think next time it's the cop. I can pull one. We could we could go to a bottomless brunch and record there.
4: No, no, we we, we record halfway into the bottomless brunch. Now that yes, of course
3: that's a better idea. Yeah. <laughs> that is a better idea.
4: And and it's all gonna yeah. be expenses paid by the new American owners. Cause I'm I'm not paying twenty seven quid.
3: <laughs> smashed it. Absolutely smashed it. Right. I'm and maybe these it. American investors can maybe maybe these American investors can pay for the fifteen pound pay per view football. <laughs>
4: I'll tell you what, it's gone quiet on that American investors front, hasn't it? I mean
3: It's I think that I think that's bound to happen. I think Neil Hart pretty much confirmed that things are happening. Yeah, um, it
4: sounded promising. The, the way you just said, you know, I yeah. can't really say anything, but it's we know the clubs for a while been looking for investment, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera.
0: Yeah,
3: yeah, I know. Like you said, a few things that Gareth's been trying to sell the club for a while, and obviously yeah. we talked about it in the pod in the last few weeks and stuff. And I, I mean. It's it's really it's really really weird because like I love that the fact that we're fan owned I love the what Mike Garlic's done. Um, I don't really buy into the fact that like you see these Twitter football FIFA accounts garlic on Twitter garlic. and they're going. They, they got hashtag Garlic out on their Twitter handles. It's like you really do not understand. Like Mike Garlic's done an unbelievable job. I and mean, I've said it before, like it's almost a compliment to our success that he sort of reached his financial limits. Yeah, he's, he's, down, he's the, all the, down, the, to, the, down to yeah.
4: success because we've just got to a point yeah. where the club wants to do a bit more than just stay up every year. Or, you know, it yeah. might not and even obviously, be able to just stay up every year with him.
3: Yeah, so it's sort of like, it's really difficult because it's sort of like a big change is very exciting. And if it works, then buzzing. But you look at clubs like Hull, <laughs> what Blackburn, are
4: you that, like, Hull.
3: What are yeah, even even like clubs like Swansea. I I think they've got American owners in, and they they got relegated.
4: Yeah, and they, they brought know.
3: players in like yeah. like Sanchez from Bayern Munich, and that were a bit of a flop, and they spent an awful lot of money. It didn't work. Wow. Yeah. What a flop. Yeah. And it's it's and it's sort of like I I do agree that I think Garlic has to go, and we do need some investment. But I'm not. I'm not gonna. It's very much a, a be careful for what you wish for. I'm really cautious. I'm really like pragmatic about it. This could go all f- up after all. Sean Dyche's hard work in eight last eight years or so could go right down the pan.
4: Yeah, I tell I tell you what. Um, just touching on Dice, I, I managed to listen to the show that Natalie did last week with uh, Jordan North, which was have, have you listened to it? Mm. When he was like saying. Um, about how we'd been down to the training ground, and you know, it just felt like Dice just touched everything there. Well, I'd say the same. Mm. I went, we, me, and my dad managed to win like a Daffabet thing the other year. To have a, it was, it was just after the season we'd finished seventh, so just before the the, the European play, before the yeah. European draw, we went down to the training ground, and everything there it was legs, hearts, minds, Dice motto here, Dice motto yeah. there, and the, the guy who was doing a little, a little tour for us said. During the design process, it was just like always oh, referring back to dice to get the the sign off for it. Yeah, I mean that doesn't happen anymore. Yeah, that,
3: yeah. If he's proper, like he's he's obviously going to leave his legacy behind when dice eventually does leave. I think even when it's been talked about many times that that first Premier League season when we first went up and immediately went back down. Like we spent money on players like Lucas Djokovic and Marvin Sordell, and you know we had some Stephen God Reed, awful. Stephen
4: Reed playing CDM. Stephen Reed, yeah, sitting you, in-
3: you know what? Did you, he play, he played he play in the game at West, West Brom? Brom. We absolutely battered four 0 didn't we? Robbie, I've got to I went to that game on a game. Monday night. That's
4: the only game I've ever left early, it, sporting Burnley. That's the one game I've left early, and it was four 0 down. I think it was. It was the eighty fifth minute. Yes. And I just thought, yeah, because Craig Dawson, yeah, we were playing 4 5 1. Duke was up front on his own and didn't get a single touch all mm-hmm. game. And we had Chaloba, who was useless that, that night. I, I after, after I left that ground, like, about, out, yeah. I'd never ever go back to West Brom, and I'm glad I did because I went when we won 3 0, and Barnes scored that overhead kick because that vanished the goal. Oh, really? Yeah. Because I promised myself. Yeah, let me play. tell you my
3: experience. <laughs> I, I can beat that. So obviously, I went to that. I went to that one we just chatted about where we got beat four 0 and Stephen Reid played, and the final chalabi come on at half time nearly got sent off after five seconds. <laughs> I went. I thought, you know what? The the year after, when we played West Brom away again, I was like. I'm gonna go because it can't get it won't be as bad as last year.
4: I know it exactly. it was the
3: exact carbon copy. We were three 0 down after half an hour and we lost the game four 0 And I think Craig Dawson scored another two. It was embarrassing.
4: Yeah, I remember watching it on the T V and I was thinking, Thank goodness i Yeah. And it
3: was it was a Monday night and I left uni early. And I was like, you know what? I wish I went to that seminar now. (laughs) I really wish I went to that PR seminar. And instead, I decided to watch us get beat 4-0 on a Monday night at West Brom again.
4: Yeah, honestly, ever since, whenever we go back to West Brom, it just gives me the chills. I just think, not please, just not such a bad performance again.
3: Yeah I'm so cool. it's sort of like I I put I put so when we played him when we played him on Monday I I put a bet on for us to lose 4-0 because I was like go on happen just because I'm watching it go on This is always Tom this is always what
4: Tom does I mean, yeah. Tom out here he always puts on like our, on the uh, Twitter well we might be losing to Spurs or whatever but I've got a tenner on City to win Yeah <laughs> He's always got a tenner on Yeah yeah team.
3: <laughs> Yeah I'm like every every single weekend I pretty much I said I'd very rarely put Burnley games on, um, but in terms of like if you play like Sky Super Six and stuff like that, I always put us on to lose. So it's sort of like a win-win situation for me.
4: Yeah. <laughs> well, the, the the funny thing was it was uh, when we went to the the West Brom game where Barnes scored that, that overhead kick. It was brilliant. It yeah. was bittersweet sweet for my mate because we were we were in that away stand and he had he was he had an eye on the game and then he eye an eye an eye on his phone because he had he had a fifteen a bet on 15 games and a 15 game accumulator, uh, all Scottish games and 14 of 15 came in and it was the last minute and the, the team to um, to have the the 15th team to win, they had a penalty in the 90th minute. They missed the penalty and oh, they no. went up the other end and scored and it let him down for, it was tens of thousands.
0: <laughs> yeah.
4: we've We've not let him live that down ever since. So Will Lancaster, it, Will Lancaster was on the show the other week. Yeah. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. Well, that was him. So if you ever, if we speak to him on the show again, you've got to bring up that Scottish fifteen game accumulator at West Brom away.
3: <laughs> maybe we can bring him in because obviously we have got room for recruits now because we're getting rid of Natalie and Richard. So point jobs for maybe you point. can come in full time. Exactly. <laughs> I'm a politician. Yeah, just, if you, if, <laughs> if you drop off, just send us your CV. Into yeah. my Twitter handle at Robbie Kopac. Yeah, yeah, there's a nice little plug in there. Oh
4: yeah, at George. Yeah, as well, I yeah. Will hire yeah. You. Me. Yeah,
3: it's nice and easy, isn't it? It's nice and easy. This recruitment stuff.
4: <laughs> I don't know why they have re- these recruitment agencies. Don't they all have podcasts they can just link with? This the yeah, I
3: don't know what like I don't know what the Burnley board whinge about saying that it's hard to recruit during January. Oh, I've just done it in, in October.
4: What a link, easy. <laughs> Robbie, we've just stumbled onto another another stream streamline link because Dale Stevens signed for the club after listening to the high performance podcast with Dash. Have, have you seen that in this week in the, in the news?
3: No, yeah. I, I missed this. I, I have watched, I have listened to that podcast. I listened to it quite a bit ago. Actually, it's with the um, Jake, uh, the BT guy. Uh, what's the BT presenter called? Jake, Jake Humphries. Yeah. yeah,
4: it was brilliant that one with Dash. But Dale Stevens, I think it was in yeah the podcast this week. He said. It was at the beginning of the transfer window, and he, he, there'd been no contact or anything, and he just listened to it. Uh, obviously, Dash was brilliant on there. He came across so well. And he said, "Whenever when my agent came to me and said, Burnley, you're interested, he, he didn't even need to be asked twice. You know, So the, the moral wow. of the story is podcast recruitment. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's booming. This is 2020. This is the new thing.
3: We smashed it. Like... Let, let's just give a little bit of insight on how we record podcasts. So usually, Natalie gives us like a bit of a briefing about what we're going to talk about. Um, Natalie messaged us all yesterday saying she was going to struggle to find time off work to record. So uh, this idea was briefed that me and Jordan were sort of like, sort of like chatting on the phone. So we still started recording. There's no briefing. We got no no notes in front of us or anything. We're literally just
4: we're in normal I, yeah.
3: Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna swear. I'm sorry, Matt, but we're <laughs> else in it.
4: <laughs> Matt, note to Matt: thirty-four minutes in, Robbie swears yet again. It's
3: <laughs> there we go.
4: So, I,
3: I couldn't. I was trying to think. I was trying. I tried not to. I was trying to think of another word. There is no but, word like because obviously when Burnley they are proper esalcery. You know, it it has to be done. And it could have been on Monday night if
4: Wood had just tucked away that header. We, we it, the, the good thing oh, about yeah. Monday night... I've, I've linked us back again. God, I'm getting, We're getting the swing of this, aren't we? Well, the good thing about Monday night was that the defence looked much, much better. And I thought, obviously, Pope had, had a stinker at Newcastle. Let's be Excellent. Honest. Looked brilliant again. Yeah. And Tarkovsky, brilliant.
3: I think that's signs of a, good, a, a really good goalkeeper. That is, after like a really poor performance that he stepped up and just completely like, got, it out, got it out of his system, especially on the back of a poor run as well. Obviously, we weren't great against Southampton, which we mentioned. The, the team performance against Newcastle wasn't great. And then Pope had a stinker. Like I can't really think of many Nick Pope stinkers. Obviously, Newcastle, yeah. I think back to maybe Man City in the FA Cup a oh, couple of years ago, I think three, we got beat gods. like... Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I think that was what... I think he'd only been... I, was that the same season Heaton did his shoulder? I can't I think, think it was like the same year. I think it might have been. You know, yeah, it was in.
4: It was like in the January yeah. Around this time, so he'd only been in a few. Uh, you know, a month or so.
3: Yeah, so it's sort of pretty, sort of naive, lack of experience, kind of performance. That yeah. I think as obviously true. he's been number one for quite a while now, and that is really his, his only poor game for us in what two years. Yeah. I mean, you can't really complain. No. And, super. Yeah. To, to, yeah, and he went back to the the Nick Pope we all know and love yeah. on Monday. I thought he was excellent. It's literally like every single cross that comes into our box. Oh, he's got it. Nick yeah. Pope just comes out. Like, he literally, the confidence that he just... Like, even even if we had to defend, cross into the box and corners in the 90th minute, I'm just so confident that Nick Pope was going to catch it.
4: Yeah, it's like leaving biscuits in my kitchen. I'm on it like a carb on it. You know, I'm straight yeah. over there. Yeah. If a cross comes into the box yeah. and it's a bit loopy, Nick Pope gobbles it up. There's, nice. just, there's so much confidence. <laughs> there's so much confidence in him, and you know this might be linked a bit to like the Joe Hart situation, where I, I thought he played pretty well for us, but the, you know it just obviously didn't mm. connect with the defense. But with Pope, there's absolutely no worries about it, and it was good to see him do the exact same for England he didn't have much to do over the international break yeah. but when crosses came in and corners Port was on it
3: Yeah, he never looks nervous does he he never looks no he doesn't look nervous
4: I'm just always nervous that he'll mess up for England and ev- everyone will get on our back yeah, but himself sir. he's nervous
3: <laughs> yeah he's, a, he's a, a top top goalkeeper you know the thing with Nick Pope as well he's a lot older than I thought he was like in my head He's still relatively young, I think. Like he's twenty-two, twenty-three, but actually he's like, he's 28. like twenty-eight. Yeah,
4: because he, he, he. Yeah. This is this is a glowing recommendation of Billy Mercer and the job he does as goalkeeping coach because he didn't join us as a young pup, a young pup. He joined us at the age of like twenty-four from Charlton. Yeah. And and obviously his game yeah. has developed so much since then, and now now mm. he should be starting for England, uh, as displayed yet again by Jordan Pickford's howlers at the weekend.
3: I'm bored of going over Jordan Pickford. I've talked about him so many times.
4: Honestly, I I just—it's a calamity. That that tackle on Van Dyke. I don't care about Liverpool fans being like, "Mate, Van Dyke's passed away. (laughs) We're gonna stay around him." Like, but it was just—it was because he was so late on the ball. You know, it just yeah, useless at times.
3: Yeah, I think obviously we talked about the. There's a bit of a debate now between who should be England number one between Henderson and and Pope. Henderson's now second choice at Old Trafford, so it's sort of like he play. to me like there's no arguments now. Yeah. No. So it's sort of like if 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 Jordan Pickford has a if he has another stinker at the weekend, um, I think Nick I think it's Nick Pope's shirt to lose. But Gareth Southgate seems to have this obsession of I, I I appreciate I appreciate like player loyalty and stuff. I think we've criticised that for having. Yeah, and he had a, a lot one, of loyalty towards World some players.
4: He was great in the World Cup, but that was two years ago now, and he's been awful for his club for the past year. And yeah, league, it's I weird. think, I'll it's... tip it, if it's all up to Ancelotti, I think, if Ancelotti plays this new lad they've got on loan from Roma, I think that'd be the beginning of the end. But until that happens, I think Southgate will stick with him.
3: It's sort of like, um, I think... Uh, Jack Butland signed for Crystal Palace for like half a million.
4: What a fall from grace! My word, they
3: want. Yeah, to- and it, this is it. It's sort of like he was linked with moves to Liverpool for like twenty-five million pound, like literally like three years ago, and it feels like Jordan Pickford is going down that route.
4: Yeah, but I mean, Butland was the anointed one after Joe Hart finished with it. Yeah, he, he was going to be the next man in line. I mean, seems a long time ago now, doesn't it?
3: If, it, if you go back to that era of goalkeepers so we had, Joe Hart was number one. Where's he now? Uh, he's, what, number... Th- second choice, third choice at Spurs. Yeah. Um, Jack Butlin was England's number two. And he's been in the Championship for the last few years. His second choice at Palace. And then third choice, probably, like, Fraser Forrester.
4: Yeah, he had a similar fourth. And it's
3: sort of like... Yeah, I think he was he was at Celtic last season on loan, where he started, I think that's where he started his career. He was there for a yeah. while, anyway. He's got he's gone back um,
4: to Southampton as backup again. Yeah, I mean the the, the funny yeah, thing, I think he, we the consistent keeper throughout all these years is Ben Foster, who never played
3: yeah have you been actually on ben foster he's actually released a really good youtube channel actually have you watched it i don't know if I'd, you've I'd, seen I'd, it
4: i'd planned to, i'd planned on watching it just because of the link with the cycling i, I always I, I it was quite yeah cool. it's
3: really it. really good it's really good he, yeah. do, he puts um he's put like gopros in like during games in and stuff like behind his net so you've got yeah. like a proper like it's it's proper sick i listen i I recommend it to everyone. It's really, really good. It's proper like behind the scenes at Watford training ground, and uh, in terms of like coach journeys to Reading and stuff like that. It's really, really good.
4: Yeah, I'll check it out. It's stuff like that, you know, they they can just make the game so much, be- you know, better to watch, more interactive. I saw on Twitter the other day it was a, uh, it was from the A League in Australia, and they had all oh, last season mm-hmm. the refs marked up. And it was. Oh yeah, I
3: saw you. you tweeted this. I saw this.
4: Did you get to see the video? Brilliant.
3: I didn't see it. I just saw your tweet, and I was. I think I was. I, I was meaning to watch it. And I, I yeah. haven't got round to it.
4: Honestly, you, you should check it out. I, I watch a lot of rugby, and it's so good. Actually, being able to watch, watch. You know, you know mm. why he's made such a decision. You know, you even hear in this a league one, the refs talking to like his assistants, and he's going. He's, he's like saying, oh, bloody hell, their captain, their captain won't be happy with that one. He's already been on my back. I better run away. It's like, so just stuff like that, which is, yeah. it just makes, it just humanises refs because they get so much sting mm. and it, it could just improve the game. And the, the argument against it was always like, oh, players swear, but they've had to tone that down with the like no crowds in the stadium anyway. So I, mm. I don't it's the perfect time to introduce it for me.
3: Yeah, it's all, it's almost like Sean Dyke swearing at Raheem Sterling six times in ten seconds or whatever it was. <laughs>
4: that was brilliant.
3: <laughs> I love that clip so much, I've watched this so many times. <laughs>
4: <laughs> it just it just sums up how probably most managers think about him. It. It's, it's City City get away with so much stuff. Like the the thing I think is whenever City were in the dominant prime with Pep. They they'd have the ball for say eighty percent of the game, but for the twenty percent you'd have it, they'd tactical foul you so you couldn't get any momentum. Mm. But obviously no yeah. one, no one makes note of that. You just talk about the beautiful style of City. <laughs>
3: yeah, uh, uh, wolves are exactly the same as well, they're proper um, cynical. Yeah. So like wolves will um yeah, they they try and stay in a game until like the last ten minutes and just get a Damatriore on the ball.
4: Yeah, and then just send him down the wing on a mad yeah
3: exactly it's proper it's proper FIFA stuff it's great
4: (laughs) I tell you what just before we uh, come to a conclusion to that I think we should talk about this European bloody Super League
3: Oh. I've I've not really read much about it, so I'm going to let you sort of explain to me.
4: Yeah, so because course,
3: I refuse I, I, I saw I saw the headline. I was like, I'm not going to read it because I'm just going to get angry.
4: Yeah, so effectively, again, same as the whatever that new project they termed last week, Liverpool and City, which was denied. Yeah. Liverpool and United, sorry, they, they've come out. It's they're planning a European Super League, which could supersede the Champions League, effectively. And what it would be would be a, like a 15 team competition. With no promotional relegation, it's all exclusive because these teams somehow deserve to be there, even though United are like a mm-hmm. top 10 team now. But, you know, that's by the by. So, a 15 team Super League, they wouldn't leave the Premier League. They'd play this alongside the domestic competitions because the teams like Barca and Juve, they like their domestic competitions as they are. So, they'll play the European mm. Super League, which will then supersede the Champions League. And it's, you know, it was something like uh, JP Morgan are willing to invest $5 billion to get it started. Meanwhile, all these clubs, you know, in the lower leagues are struggling, and the champ, like the champion, the beauty of the Champions League is that anyone can get into it. If the, if the, you know, if if Burnley obviously got into the Europa League, but it, so UEFA have come out today and completely condemned it, said it, it, you know, it's ridiculous because the promotion and relegation that is a fundamental aspect of football. Without it. It's just an ex it's just an exclusive club um for all these big t- so-called big teams. So for me it's just absolutely scandalous.
3: Yeah. Is that how like the MLS works? They don't have like promotion relegations, do they?
4: I think that's just because they don't have that many teams, though. They don't, they don't have like a they've not never had a history of a football league. You know, they've yeah. got the certain amount of teams. It it just doesn't it's just a cash grab for them. A cash grab, it would draw it would suck so much money and attention out of the domestic leagues that it would kill them more than they already are. It's just, same same again, Liverpool and Manchester United with the, their American owners, just, mm. like, I, I bet, I could bet a lot of money that the majority of fans of them clubs don't want anything to do with this, but obviously their owners just don't care.
3: I wonder if you have to pay £15 per game if they do it.
4: <laughs> Did you see what Billy had to say on the pay-per-view thing? I thought what he said was brilliant. Sorry, who's that? Uh, Slavan Bilic, West Brom manager.
3: Ah, oh, Bilic. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think, me, because I, I, I get mixed up because Mourinho said something about about it as well, so I might but get Bilic mixed up with him both.
4: Football should be not free, but affordable. And he says, I always used to say that football is not polo. Football is not golf. Football is sport for the masses. It's a working class sport and it should be affordable to everybody. And I think that that's the point. Yeah that i just it has to yeah. be affordable
3: yeah Especially yeah 15 quid it's, it's too expensive isn't it
4: it's ridiculous we've come full circle here haven't we
3: i know yeah it's like a roundabout isn't it
4: <laughs> and the second exit was should, a political coup and we've come back down to the first exit which is the pay-per-view
3: should, should we talk about the west Brom game again since we're doing roundabouts
4: well, I want to make a big shout out to Eric Peters, who has played in yet another position. And uh, I, I,
3: I, I, tw- tw- I tweeted before the game that he's the tw- he's the twenty twenty Grand Branch.
4: Yeah, see, it's before my time. That before my time is it
3: really Grand Branch? Yeah, hell. you are young. You're a kid.
4: 3 worse, is not it, Branch? Yeah, it, it was.
3: Yeah, it was
4: yeah,
3: proper. I, like he was one. Of, he was my
4: six months old, but I can't say I remember it. <laughs>
3: <laughs> Hell you are it's just a baby.
4: I know I'm making it so old, you feel <laughs> old I
3: mate, I I've it's really weird. Like so I turned twenty-seven in January and there's so, so many things like do you know when you watch like Premier League years on like Sky Sports? Yes, yeah. And you sort of like you watch it and you just go, Oh, I remember this game, this was sick. <laughs> it would be like West Ham versus Spurs in two thousand and five or something. <laughs> And it's sort of like, oh my god, that was fifteen years ago. You're taking a mic.
4: Yeah, it feels and it's like,
3: it. like. Oh god. And honestly, and then you, then you go into this deep state of depression because for the last fifteen years you've done nothing but like. It's like I, I haven't done this. I haven't got this. I haven't done this. I haven't got this. So like my life's a shambles. What am I gonna do? I've seen and then
4: like um, going people like turning eighteen who were like born in two thousand and three and two and it's just yeah oh, word. It's ridiculous.
3: Yeah, it's like um,
4: the, the, the you know the is young as well, and they're just coming through and making the debut like seventeen, and I'm I'm twenty, and I couldn't even dream of it.
3: Yeah, it's like Luke Matheson who plays for Wolves, who were at Rochdale for a bit. Yes, that's um, bad, yeah, yeah. He, he he just bought his dad a Range Rover, <laughs> and he's like seventeen, and like is this there's some I, sort of sick joke?
4: <laughs> i consider whether I could afford a chocolate bar today. Never mind a Range Rover.
3: <laughs> I couldn't even afford to. I couldn't even afford to buy my dad fifteen pound pay per view football.
4: <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, at least dad's got a Range Rover. You n- you need to step up your game. As,
3: I think we we definitely love pay per view football, don't we? I think that's something we could definitely take away from this podcast. Yeah, that that we love pay per view football.
4: Yeah. Well, I um. Yeah. On on the topic of uh, money, it's been quite a, a godsend for me. I've, I've I've just finished as of twelve o'clock. Last night I'd finished two weeks self isolation, which uh, saved me. Oh, happy.
3: yeah, isolation!
4: But it wasn't it wasn't fun.
3: Yeah, I've not had to do that yet. I feel like it's inevitable for me. Um, I've had a couple of close cases, not with me, but with yeah, uh, my flatmate had to have a t- my flatmate had to have a test because he was in direct contact with someone who tested positive. Yeah. Uh, my girlfriend's stepdad had to have a test, and obviously I was in contact with them that came back negative. So I feel like I've had two close shares in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. So it's sort of like, we're at a state now where it's sort of like, I feel like everybody in the country is going to have to at least isolate once.
4: Yeah. During all this. It's like I've been... areas. I mean, I, I've, got, I've, I've got nine. I, I've got, there's nine of us in this house. <laughs> the chances of um, one of us getting, well, obviously someone already has tested positive. So the, the chances of it happening you know, were pretty. They were pretty low, or they were pretty high. Yeah. Were pretty high, and so it so it was that we just finished our two week self isolation. What do you do for two weeks? Honestly, you do, well, you, you think oh, it'd be perfect. I've got enough. I've got time to actually do lectures now and catch up. Well, that's not happened.
3: <laughs> yeah, I mean, I was waiting for my flatmates like test to come back. And at the time I was going through my head going oh my god like if i have to set sacrifice like two weeks I was like but well, it's all right I can work from home that's not a problem now I was like what could I do like after work I was sort of like I can't go I can't go out it's the international break so there's no good football on I' am just gonna go, like oh my god like there, I were really panicking
4: yeah it, it, it's, like, if i
3: do ever if, if I have to isolate I really hope that it's during like the domestic season, and I can watch <laughs> football pretty much every night. Yeah, and then at the least I've got some form of distraction.
4: <laughs> that's the prerequisite for wanting to go into isolation. Yeah, wait. I don't want the positive test now. Give it to me when we've got a good <laughs> couple of fixtures.
3: <things> <laughs> when is when is the next international break? It's next month, isn't it? Honestly, like three feel weeks, four like
4: weeks. First half of the season, they come way too regularly. Like you get to this point of the year, and there's only yeah. a couple within the space of the two months. I, just can't stand I
3: can't believe I can't believe that international football, in terms of international friendlies, are still going ahead because players are coming back with the coronavirus.
4: Chris Wilder made this point. Like you got, you see, he made this point. Yeah, should be happening.
3: Yeah, it's sort of like Cristiano Ronaldo like got coronavirus, and it's sort of like the entire Wolves team were in contact with him. Yeah, what did you say? Yeah,
4: that was the funny one because it was like he got tested positive. Say on the Wednesday, and on the Tuesday night, that young French player had posted the picture of his Ronaldo shirt, saying "Never gonna wash this."
3: Yeah. (laughs) Well, you better, you better, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's proper mental that um, international football is going ahead with things like that because players coming back with coronavirus.
4: And it's just it's right, like, really, like they, they go to fair play to the players. They're probably having to go to such lengths, you know, to make sure their bubble's pretty safe, to to make sure they don't get um, COVID. Like uh, I don't know Bardsley's tested positive. Um, you know, um, it just it, there's no point taking extra risks like the international football. Yeah, it just seems. yeah.
3: I, I mean, it's weird because obviously, like the, the Nations League, sort of like at least it's like a competition. But when it's, like, stupid little friendlies, like, we've got a friendly against Republic of Ireland, which has replaced the New Zealand game. It's like, it's just a friendly, like, do we have to play that? Yeah, like that Wales game, that was a friendly. Like, yeah, it's like, if Nick Pope gets bloody coronavirus from being on international duty, I'm going to be fuming.
4: (laughs) Well, to be fair, we've got to to shout out Bailey Peacock, (laughs) who played very well.
3: He's very... He's meant to be... Yeah, but, but... But he's going to get coronavirus playing for Northern Ireland. You're right.
4: <laughs> yeah.
3: <laughs> got, it's Will Norris? He, he's English, isn't he? Will Norris? I haven't got a clue. Yeah. yeah. But I hope. It, I hope he's at an international somewhere. <laughs>
4: <laughs> yeah, he just plays for like Georgia. He's an international for Georgia.
3: <laughs> yeah, I know we have got like Luke Jensen on the bench. Yeah, and he's not related to Brian Jensen. I am fed up with people trying to make this like connection.
4: Brian Jensen. I remember I went I went bowling once with Brian Jensen. As strange as that sounds, uh,
3: you ha- you have to explain this. Yeah, this is great. Go I think, on. I
4: think it was just like I, my mate's dad worked for like you know a, a company that sponsored like you know you have companies that sponsor players. So as part of it was like at the end of the season, Brian Jensen came bowling with us. So and then and then obviously my mate was just like, do you want to come? So they, it's like yeah, we're gonna go temping bowling with Brian Jensen. Uh, he was pretty good, let me tell you. <laughs>
3: Bloody hell, yeah, <laughs> I ain't got anything like that. I think I once saw um, when I was like a, a kid. Um, I went to a few Burnley away games, and we used to like fly. And I don't know how this all worked. So I'd have to ask my my dad, but we managed to get a flight to two away games. It was Norwich away and West Ham away, and we're on the same flights as the Burnley players. Wow. And I got, I got, I got. You might not know this player, but I got to sit next to Richard Chaplow. Oh, I know Chaplow. was Chappellow, well yeah. yeah, I know Chaplow. Oh, okay, you're not that young then. No, I it was well like, exciting. I never
4: saw him play, but I do know him.
3: <laughs> yeah, I sort of like I sat next to Dean West in, in like the, the departure lounge. It was proper sick.
4: <laughs> well, I, this is sort of, that's getting towards sort of my first generation of watching. My my first favourite, Carl okay. Lafferty. So, two thousand and seven. He, okay. he was my first favorite player. I remember. I, I remember. Do you remember that kit? Where it was the home kit with mostly it was mostly claret, but wore well, like one blue sleeve. Well, I remember I get yeah. that in. A, in yeah, yeah, I made sure to get it in a long sleeve kit because that's what Carl Lafferty wore.
3: Nice, nice.
4: That's what the kids will be doing. Yeah, I think that.
3: that's. I'm trying to think of players of that era now. Yes like, players like Micah Hyde,
4: Alan, Alan Marn, wasn't
3: it? Alan Marne, yeah he was good in. He was. He he had he had a wonderful left foot.
4: Super sub. He always came off the bench and scored.
3: Yeah, he's quite a world eight QPR away if I remember. Yeah. In I that in the Coyle promotion season.
4: Yeah, I remember it well.
3: It's one of them you always go on You know what this
4: on Aki Clarets and they they always play the D V D of the like season review of that season. And it's always that goal mm. that stands out. And obviously Wade <laughs> Elliott's goal shortly behind it, yeah.
3: <laughs> I mean I still my favourite goal from that season is Patterson at Reading and the uh yeah, that was it I'm, in the I'm, in the playoffs. Oh, I've that. got such a great like. I know this this podcast we're supposed to talk about the West Brom game, oh, we and we're supposed it. to probably preview Spurs, but
4: oh Spurs, yeah, we'll do that in a couple
3: of minutes. <laughs> it's sort of like so. I had I was in year ten, I think, and I had a mock maths exam, and I ditched the exam to go to Reading away on that Tuesday night. And it was the best decision of my life.
4: That's incredible. I remember, um, I had a similar story. I, I, do you remember the Chelsea in the Carling Cup year? Well, it was that season, wasn't it? Um, Chelsea. Yeah, won yeah. Same Cup. year, yeah. So I was, I think I, I must have been eight years old. So I'd gone into, my dad had put a letter into school saying, on on this Tuesday, I'm having to take George out mm-hmm. of school because we're going studying architecture in London. <laughs> So then he him into the office and he said, and he went, so is it right? You're taking him to London? And I went, yeah, yeah, we're studying the architecture. And then the head teacher went, are you sure about that? Because he's been telling everyone all week that he's going to Chelsea.
3: <laughs> <laughs> so, nice.
4: Luckily, I had a really nice head teacher. So, you know, on that Tuesday night, I was there. That that was probably one of my favourite mm. away games. I remember, I, I remember vividly um, Drogba throwing coins at the crowd.
3: Yeah, that was that was a big storyline coming out of that game, wasn't it? I think. Yeah. I think. Well, I, yeah. It's sort of like obviously we were all excited that we won the tie and we were all buzzing, but the reports out coming out of the game were all about the the coin throwing from Drugburn even at Burnley fans. I think Burnley fans probably started it because we're scum. But yeah. <laughs> Matt, mom,
4: fifty-eight minutes in, Robbie swears again.
3: <laughs> I did I, I didn't. I didn't swear. I just called the scum. Yeah,
4: we are. <laughs> we, uh, I think we've, we've got a call from HQ here that we should be moving on to the just a little preview of the Spurs game and what we think the score's
3: going to be. Yeah, sure. Yeah, I mean, you, we usually record for about forty-five minutes. thought we? we're we're really pushing an hour well, when we, this idea we don't was answer, brief. We
4: we're to a higher power now, Robbie. Remember, because we, we're the, we're we're the head head chiefs now. Bromley's gone.
3: Yeah, it's that's very true. That is very true. Considering we have no briefing. I was really panicking going, how are we going to get to record for 40 minutes? Oh, easy. And Have to be fair, is, I, I, I've yeah, I really politics. enjoyed this last hour, George.
4: Yeah, I study politics. I can chat rubbish for a long time.
3: <laughs> That's true. Don't get me started. I'm not talking <laughs> politics. This is a Burnley podcast, it's a football podcast. We're not talking politics. Yeah. Because I just get upset and angry, especially considering I live in Greater Manchester as well. Oh, so
4: Yeah, Let's, the, the, least, the less said on that, the better. Yeah. What do you think the Spurs... Yeah, so, yeah, go on. What do you think the Spurs game's been?
3: Yeah, it's... I'm bringing back some order to those. Uh, I think it's going to be a tough game. I... Spurs are a weird side, aren't they? Because they look... Obviously, they beat your Man United 6-1. Um, they were 3-0 up pretty quickly against West Ham, then threw that away. I... It depends what's... what kind of Spurs shows up, I guess. But I think if we can stay solid Nick Pope is has a world there and we play with two banks of four and Chris Wood and Ashley Barnes are on it I actually think we could probably nick a 1-0 win
4: is it at home or away
3: no it's at turf
4: oh right I'm actually feeling a lot more positive now uh, did you see uh, Ben Mee was back in training I, I mean he won't be back for the weekend yeah
3: was. yeah he is they all, they all yeah pass- he's back they're in training all all back. Pass- well, they're all probably yeah sorry on Twitter
4: for that. welcome back mm. No, I'm. I'm yeah, I, I don't Yeah, like, At home as well, I'd be fairly confident we could nick a point there, yeah.
3: Yeah, it depends what kind of Spurs... Obviously, we, I've just mentioned that Spurs look pretty inconsistent. Yeah. and They pretty much have been since Mourinho's gone in. Um, weird, they look pretty good against United. They look really good first half against West Ham. Even, to be fair, even against West Ham, they look good for 70 minutes. And then I don't know what happened in the last 15 minutes. They just seem to throw it away.
4: Yeah, the, the, you just got to hope, and especially if, if we were at their place, I wouldn't be as confident just because I I went to the 5-0 game last year and it was one of the worst experiences of my life.
1: <laughs> so yeah.
4: if it was at their place, I'd be a lot less confident. But, you know, I, I think mm. going off West Brom as well, we, we've got back to our, sort of back to where we used to were. You know, we, we played a lot more like a Dice Burnley should. We were solid. Mm. You know, I I wouldn't, I wouldn't put it past us to get a draw. And you know, bill Yeah, especially with.
3: Yeah, I think we were a lot more optimistic going into the game. Also, we got Ben Mee returning. Whether he, uh, whether he's fit enough to start against Spurs, we'll probably find out later on in the week. But it will probably just give. Um, obviously, got Matt. L- a lift. I mean, Matt Lawton's coming back. Yeah. Goodman. Goodmanson looks like he's back fit again. Robbie Brady's coming back fit.
4: It feels how long? I think this is the first and made it through a yeah. game without getting injured. Like I know, that's yeah. that's, a, that's the positive from West Brom that him and Brady are looking back to full fitness.
3: Yeah,
4: I mean, I, I yeah, Goodmanson, I think is it's easy to, I'm not, I don't want to say him, but just because it, you know, he's he is often unfortunately injured, but when you look at his assist record for Burnley, I think he's got 16 assists in the Premier League. That that's absolute. Wow. The amount of games he's played, you know, that that's a really incredible record, and he's so crucial to us. If he if we can get. Even three quarters of a season out of him, I, I think we'll be fine, I think we'll do really well
3: yeah oh, i I totally agree.
4: I'd tell you what Robbie have we even I'm pretty sure this is the first podcast that's come out since McNeil signed a new contract We should mention that,
3: oh my God, yeah, like we yeah best I think that's the best bit of business we've done
4: You're what overdale Stevens surely not,
3: oh God. Dale staff Steph- I'm gonna forget we have even talked about Dale C Steph- Dale is obviously like is the best signing we're gonna make in the next decade. But <laughs> he's the new Brian Stock yeah, just- but- Dale Stevens there. Oh god, yeah, I forgot about Brian Stock.
4: <laughs> I'm sure he's just become a manager
3: somewhere.
4: He has just become a manager.
3: Yeah, um I can't think which club it is. Yeah, but you are right. Yeah, he's he's a manager at a non league club, isn't he, now?
4: Yeah, but like that McNeil news is absolutely superb. Uh, even even just it's just it shows that he does not mind being here, and he actually the the quotes that came out here is like, I love it here. This is the club I always wanted mm. to play at, etcetera, etcetera. Even if we just get another, not this season but next season out of him as well, that'd just be above and beyond what I'd expect.
3: Yeah, he got again like Dwight McNeil got a few pelters for. Sort of going missing in games is what people say a lot of. Like he, he didn't particularly yeah, he, play well against absolutely. against Southampton. It didn't really work out against Newcastle. But he, but I thought he was yeah. excellent on Monday.
4: Yeah, he was absolutely brilliant. he? I thought the same. He, he was all over the pitch. He was coming into the centre, trying to pick up the ball. Yeah, he was brilliant.
3: Yeah, yeah, he was really good. So obviously, him signing a new deal is another positive. Hopefully, we'll get some more news on the on the takeover stuff and. If we can get a result against Spurs, it'd be a really positive week after what's been a pretty chaotic week.
4: Yeah, like previously, you know, we're, compared to the first podcast we ever did together, which was two weeks ago, I'd say this one's a lot more positive. Definitely. And what I, think we, are,
3: I think we should wrap it up there because it's all positive, and Natalie doesn't like negativity.
4: <laughs> yeah, we'll just leave. We'll leave Bromley in. Look, look, listeners, she, she'll have this week, and we can let her do the outro, but. We're gonna be uh, putting a poll on Twitter, you know. Should it stay like this format?
0: Hmm.
3: I agree. <laughs> I totally agree. What? Do well, we- I, I mean, I think we should end it there. So I think I've really enjoyed this podcast, George. It's been like an hour and five minutes of pure banter. It's been great.
4: Yeah, it's been really fun to do.
3: Must do it right. again. Sick. Let's. Uh, okay, I'll, I'll I'll leave you to it, then, George. Enjoy your evening. I hope you, that you enjoy your um. Your flatmates who have all come back from a bottomless brunch.
4: Well, thankfully, I'm leaving them and I'm going on my own social, so, you know, I don't have
3: to deal with that. Oh, excellent. (laughs) Excellent (laughs) stuff. Well, you enjoy yourself, George.
4: Yeah, thank you. You have a good night yourself.
3: No worries at all. Obviously speaking. Thank you.
4: On another podcast. Oh, I can't wait, mate. And listeners, (laughs) we'll leave you to uh, Natalie, who will be doing the outro, and we'll speak to you next time. See you later.
2: And there you have it. What a fantastic episode to listen to. I'm a little bit worried about the political clue that's going on here. I do feel like that they're now starting to, to push me away and that suddenly that, that George and, and, and Robbie are going to be taking over the podcast going forward. So, listeners, fingers crossed I will actually be with you next week to host this, this um, podcast. Otherwise, I think they might have uh, taken my reins and pushed me out of the podcast. Who knows? But seriously, that was a fantastic listen they really enjoyed it and it was just nice to sit and listen to two friends um chewing the fat over all things claret and blue and I think some really interesting points came out of the debate and um, let us know what you think and um, if you think that's a format you want to see more of if you want to see other people having a debate together and um, drop us a line at the usual channels it's tweet us at NoNeNever never or send us an email at podcast at nonane.net um or if there's any other ideas that you want us to see us try then drop us a line we'll be happy to um, try and assist where we can my thanks this week as ever go to producer Matt for editing this week's podcast and getting it out there on air to band Joyce for providing our music for the podcast as well um, clearly my the main thanks this, thanks this week go to George and um, Robbie for basically taking the reins and producing the whole podcast this week so um, guys I really enjoyed that I'm, I'm really really pleased with the, with the results thank you very much for giving up your time um, final thanks so as ever go to you the listener for downloading and listening to this podcast um, your support is very much appreciated And we just would not be here without you. Um, We will be back. Well, Dave and I will be back on Friday with this week's edition of the preview show where we will be looking ahead to a home tie against Spurs, which I'm not sure we're all looking forward to, but you never know. They might put in a very Spursy performance so we might get ourselves a point or three there. Um, and then, of course, the rest of the team will be back on Tuesday where we will be looking at that game against Spurs and seeing if we've managed to get any more points on the board and we're off the foot of the table. Um, let us know if you've got any problems. I hope you're all staying safe. I hope you're all abiding by the rules. I hope you're all wearing a mask. Um, but do stay safe and take care of yourselves. I've been Natalie Bromley. This has been the Norman Net Podcast. Until next time.